Hi folks, before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to let you know some of the content on this podcast may not be suitable for some audiences. It's all in good fun, but we just wanted to let you know. Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Ian was working uh, with the NFL on Fox. Can you tell your quick on-the-field moment with Joe Buck? No. Okay. Great. That'll make Jay and Dan happy. You won an Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. I had no idea. Just yes. Pat, like last week you won an Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. I read a rumor that the sex noises in Rocket Queen by Guns N' Roses are real and were made when Axel was having sex with Steven Adler's girlfriend in the studio. My question for Jim, is this true? Yes, it is true. Wow! My erections have returned. It's another edition of Real or Fake Hipster Bands. Gay for Johnny Depp. (laughs) That's fake. That's real. Sorry. Absolute whores. Fake. That's real. That's my band. Bobby Diaz is coming out. He's coming in. Yeah. I got trials through this and I got in a lot of trouble. Two separate (laughs) 10 minute chats. You know, Bobby got in a lot of trouble for that. I got nude for you. You asked me to do, and I did yeah. it. Well, I asked you to get nude every day. But Said this yes. time, it was on television. Well, do it live! Were you always pubeless? Did you never grow pubes? Always just bald. Completely bald. Pubeless Bobby? Absolutely. <laughs> Bobby does a great impression of his mother. Your mom walks in on you, a 13-year-old pubeless Bobby masturbating. Bobby? Oh, God. What's wrong? <laughs> it's that Bo Derek poster, Ma. <laughs> This is the worst start to a podcast ever. <laughs> You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Hey! Damn! Damn! Hello, mate! It's the Jay and Dan Podcast, episode 12. <laughs> Thank you. I'm pretty good at accents, I gotta say. Really good. Accents, impressions, movie reviews. Do you want to <laughs> give us a review of something maybe you yeah. saw in the past week? Oh, yeah, it was back in Canada last weekend. Saw Deadpool. Oh, yeah. I hear that's great. Great movie. <laughs> Highly recommended. Sucks. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and saw the Hateful Eight. Thought I was going to hate it. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah, Hateful Eight. It was you weren't hating the Hateful Eight at all. It lasted the entire flight. Yeah, that's a long one. Did you masturbate in the airplane uh, no, restaurant? Get your hand off my penis! Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I I I liked it. it. It felt like an old western. It was. Yeah, that's what is the point, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, there you go. There's your movie reviews. Dan's movie. We uh, should do a segment. Dan's movie reviews and just a one sentence review. Done. And just saw the new Michael Moore doc. Uh, the Ain't one nobody where- got time for that. <laughs> 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 the one where he uh, looks to what countries America should invade, but he just wants to steal their ideas. Highly recommended. Two thumbs up. Right. But they didn't include Canada in the. They no. don't want to steal anything from us. They already stole the two best things from Canada, didn't they? Who's that? I don't know. <laughs> That'll make Jay and Dan happy. Uh, quick shout out to uh, one of our avid viewers since day one here at Fox, Beantown Mikey. Happy yeah, birthday. Yeah, good one, Toolsy. Beantown Mikey's always sending us nice tweets. Happy birthday. And another quick shout out to, and I'm not joking about this, Christina Ricci. Not that Christina Ricci. Oh. Christina Ricci, who works for Moosehead. And she was the one who sent us uh, all the, the Moosehead Rattler and the Moosehead beer that we got. And so thanks, Christina, yeah. for that. They delivered a bunch of beer. Um, we I've got it at home. <laughs> I should have brought some in. But that uh, they, they've got a new product. What's it called? The Rattler? Rattler. Rat- Rattler. It's beer mixed with juice. It's like a shandy. Delicious. Beer and juice. It's, it's, it's your new summertime beverage perfect thanks for to Moosehead. Perfect for the summertime. Fun time joining me here. Now, we have to mention this, Toolsy. This is... Ben Teller has been getting a million tweets about this on the Fox Sports Live Twitter account and on the Jay and Dan Twitter account. Wayburn, Saskatchewan, home of Graham Dillette. Wayburn, Saskatchewan, had a Kentucky Fried Chicken, has a Kentucky Fried Chicken. That is a KFC buffet. We've talked about it at length on this podcast. And the parent company, I believe they're called Yum. That's right. Yum Brands. Yum Brands. They own own the Taco Bells, the Pizza Huts, and the KFCs. Uh, They're a subsidiary of Pepsi. They were had told the owner of the Weyburn KFC that 
could no longer be a buffet. We yeah, wanted you said you were shutting it down. Regular, but regular KFC, last KFC buffet in Canada. Uh, lots of them here in the states, uh, but but none in Canada except Weyburn wanted to shut it down. This became uh, uh, a big cause in the province of Saskatchewan. Lots of people getting behind it. I was interviewed uh, by media in Weyburn about our love of that of that buffet. And Brad Wall, the very popular premier of Saskatchewan, even got behind it. I'm happy to say that the Yum Yum guys have uh, decided to allow the Weyburn KFC to stay a KFC buffet. So we did it. We did it, guys. Now you can get all your macaroni salad and just scoop it up yourself. That's so, in a spice of meatball. So wait, do the, the Yum brand guys, they just enter a party? Hey, Yum Yum guys are here. Hey, Yum Yum guys, got your chicken. I'm a Yum Yum guy. It's a hot buffet. I so got, that's uh, cool. That's cool. I'm the, very the, happy for the that. The KFC, Mar- again, we've mentioned this before, their marketing uh, recently... Bang on. Well, and, and, and kudos to them, Dan. Like, they wanted, obviously, some uniformity with all your, their franchises in Canada, and they, they didn't have any other buffets. They're like, well, why would we have one? But what they've realized now, I think, I'm not sure what happened there, what they've realized is that this could be like a tourist attraction, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're playing hockey in Weyburn. Maybe you're, you're from an opposing team or whatever. You're like, dudes, we got to go to that, uh, we got to go to that KFC buffet. And you listen to the people. There. It's like when we were in uh, Calgary for the, uh, the Calgary Dinos event. When we were there, Earl's had just said they were switching where they got their beef. That's right. The Earl's Great parent example. company said, nope, we're going back to Alberta beef. That's it. Exactly. They listen to the people. That's it. And hey, you got to give companies credit when they do that. I have to get mad. Sorry, I just I'm really passionate about that. Hey, I'm you know what I'm pa- about the yum yum guys. You know what I'm passionate about? Sleep. You know what? Uh, KFC was one of my first jobs. I worked at KFC. <laughs> Did in, you make in, the in Massachusetts? This is yeah. engineer Jim chiming in. He's yeah. our award-winning engineer. Um, yeah. I, I was like 16. It? it was like I, you know. I was Did in, you make the chicken? I did everything. Man. Really? You yeah. made the chicken? So yeah. do you know the 11 secret herbs and spices? Uh, I know how to make the chicken, but the sp- the herbs and spices were like a pre-packaged thing. The but they, you hand make it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, KFC, yum, yum, get on board. And, you know, all yeah, the batter yeah. and all that stuff. Wow. It was a long time ago. Yeah. In a very special way to make the coleslaw, too. Oh, how's oh, that? Oh, your hot, your hot, hot semen? Yeah. Your yeah. seed? It was just weird. Well, uh, what? No, do you mean? so we, uh, the, we made so much of it. So we would make it literally in one of the, you know, like those big gray, like trash barrels. Yeah. You know, like whatever, a 40 gallon trash barrel. But, you know, we put lining, you know, like plastic bags in there and, you know, it was clean and everything. But uh, literally, they'd have us cut up crates of cabbage and carrots and all that stuff, and we'd mix Dead? this thing. You'd be this far up in your arms. No, you with your arms, you'd mix it. This. With this your hands? Time, this is a long time you ago. You have gloves on, though. You have to understand, like, I'm a very right. old man, and this happened in the, this was like in the 40s, I think. This it was a long time ago. No, but you had 40s. gloves. You had, like, gloves no. on. Maybe like a, yeah, we yeah. did. We had we had gloves on that came all the way up to like your shoulders. Okay. I thought maybe we were like getting in there gloves. with your bare you know, hands. No, like, there you go. No, no, no. You, you like, know where you, you know, get like, the, the vets? Yes, that's where you get we the rubber gloves them. that go up your arms. Right, so they were like we wore like go vet in, gloves and scrub down. Yeah, get in there. I'm sure the way they do it now, it's a wonderful company. Hey, so they're the, the yum yum. This people. was a long the, time. The ago. rumor was that the colonel. He would just pop into a, a KFC and just start cooking chicken. Did he come to yours? I don't know. Hey, no, no the colonel did not. The colonel did not. The amazing thing is the colonel died in Canada. He lived in Canada like the last 15 years of his life. I'm just a I pig farmer from yeah. Peterborough. Yeah. He, if he came in there, a guy that's on the sign and looks exactly like he looks on the sign, it'd be like creepy. It would have been creepy to see the Colonel. It'd be like Wendy, little Wendy wandering in and being like, These are my daddy's burgers. Could be a crackhead. <laughs> Who wants one of my daddy's burgers? I'm Wendy. But that means she never grew up. She yeah, just... I'm always going to be this age. <laughs> and daddy, it just kind of shows what daddy kind of sold youth is living soul today. So that I could live forever. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, I mentioned I was uh, also obsessed with something. That's sleep, because <laughs> <laughs> the Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper. It combines springy latex and supportive oh, memory foams to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink just the right bounce. Plus, it's breathable design, sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night. Time Magazine named it one of the best innovations of 2015. In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Other mattresses can cost well over $1,500. But Casper mattresses cost just $500 for a twin, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king. So you're thinking, i got to get one of those mattresses. Well, you can try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. That's key. You don't want to try it for 100 nights in someone else's home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up, refund you everything. They offer free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada. I can't get over that. I went to FedEx something I FedEx something back to Canada. It was like 70 bucks. Yeah. It was a piece of paper. Yeah. This is free shipping on a mattress. Yeah. To USA and Canada, they're made in America. You get 50 bucks towards any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com slash J, the letter J, and the letter D, slash JD, using code JD at checkout. Terms and conditions apply, but visit casper.com. All right, we got to move on really quick. Tools, I really wanted you to see this or hear this. Ben, do you have this ready to go? Yeah, so, we're good. Okay, so uh, a very kind uh, gentleman named Brian Curtis, a writer, has a podcast on The Ringer. The Ringer Network, Bill Simmons Network, called Channel 33 Podcast. He wanted me to come on to talk about the death of the highlight, the death of the highlight show. So he had a bunch of people on. I was one of them. Did a great interview. Thought it was really fun. Um, uh, Tate Fraser, who, yeah. who worked on this show uh, at the very beginning. Uh, great guy. He works over there. So got me involved. Had a good time. And then it actually came out on Monday. And people were like, I think there's something wrong. Like, have I been saying your name wrong all this time for all these three years? People in the building were asking me that. And I was like, no, no, it's on, it's on right. <laughs> They're like, yeah, like that's how you say it on the show. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's how it's pronounced. And so they're like, well, I think you should listen to this, this podcast because I, I don't think he knows how to say your name. So um, without any further ado, Ian, uh, let's play a bit of this podcast. Hosting the northern version of SportsCenter the one in which the final R and E are inverted. On Ray, like nearly everyone who has done sports highlights over the last 20 years, cited David Letterman as a creative influence. Essentially tearing down that fourth wall was so refreshing. On Ray and O'Toole had an act. <laughs> on Ray was the tall, funny one. O'Toole was shorter and more deadpan. The problem was they'd gotten the biggest gig of their lives just as the highlight show was facing its most intractable problem. When FS1 and Fox Sports Live debuted on August 17th, 2013, people said, thank God, a competitor to ESPN. Then they saw Fox Sports Live, and it was a mess. Henre. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you, your last name is mispronounced. Wait, wait, wait. Go back to that. You, you missed All some good time. stuff there. When FS1 and Fox Sports Live debuted on August 17th, 2013, People said, thank God, a competitor to ESPN. Then they saw Fox Sports Live, and it was a mess. It was a three-hour-long variety show that included a panel hosted by Carissa Thompson, ex-jock opinionists like Donovan McNabb and Andy Roddick, and oh yeah, Jay and Dan doing highlights. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, how, how is that the worst your name's been butchered? No, no, it's it's not. You're right. You brought up a good point. It, my name gets butchered all the time. Yeah. But if you're interviewing me, <laughs> yeah. right, or anyone, here's a rule for young broadcasting students. Learn how to say the name of the person you're interviewing and then and ask them. If you don't know, they'll tell you. Yeah. Or double check on the thousands of videos on YouTube where I say my name. On our first ever show together, I think I said your name wrong. That's fair. You didn't do it after that? No, but then we redid it. Then I never did it again. Like, wouldn't you be embarrassed if you were interviewing a guy and you called him by the wrong name? I guess I would be. I, I just can't understand this guy. Like, why wouldn't you just ask me? Why wouldn't you say, hey, I just want to double check. Your name is pronounced on Ray, right? And I'd be like, actually, no, it's Or how did none of his producers you... say anything? If you were uh, living in France, would it be on Ray? Uh, no, it'd be on Ray. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Uh, now, not to bring the mood down, but there was a topic that uh, that swept across Canada on Tuesday when the uh, when the news was announced about Gord Downey, the lead singer of the Tragically Hip. Uh, he's been uh, quietly battling cancer, and it, it's uh, now in his brain. And they said there, there's. Uh, no chance of getting rid of it, and the Tragically Hip are going to do one final tour. And it's news that uh, really brought a lot of people to their knees because this guy is Canada. The Tragically Hip are Canada. Uh, I saw someone write an article today, if Canada could sing, it would be in the voice of Gord Downey. Yeah, all the songs have Canadian references they're one of those bands that are so massive in Canada and didn't make it big in the States for whatever reason. And maybe that's why Canadians even love them more. Yeah, maybe. Because uh, it's our own thing. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, that might be that might be the case. But they're so Canadian. And uh, and again, it's like anything where you, you you know, it's like when David Bowie died and, and he dies of cancer. And you're like, wait, I didn't even know he had cancer. Like, like th- they've kept this so quiet. And now to do this tour, like I'm trying to think... This tour is going to be so insane, like just going to be like an outpouring of emotion every single night. People are going to be in tears. It's Everyone's going to be a wreck. It's going to be so crazy. Uh, they announced the tour dates today. They're, uh, I think they're like 10 dates. I'm sure they'll add more, you know, based on how much Gord can, can perform and, and what, you know, how much strength he has and, and all that. But um, yeah, I'd love to get up to one of those shows. We were lucky enough, and we talked about it on the podcast, we were lucky enough to go see him. Um, at the Wiltern Theater here in L.A., saw the hip last fall, and it was such a fun show, and there was such a... They still were such a great band. Like, they had years and years of performing left in them. You know, like, they could absolutely have kept going for forever. And we've got to bring in our good friend Jeremy Taggart. I actually sent Jeremy a text yesterday, and I uh, said... I need to go to one of the tour stops with you, Jeremy. Um, uh, Your thoughts when uh, you heard the news? Uh, I'm still shocked. I still don't really understand it, to be honest. Uh, I understand the situation, but it's just kind of uh, difficult to process. And I think not just because I love the band and and I think they're the greatest guys, but just because he's got, you know, four kids and, uh, he's not that old and Gord has just, he's, uh, such a sweet guy, you know? And, uh, I am that cancer kind of is really selective in a weird way and it's awful and never a good thing, but just for some reason, this really kind of makes me, uh, just really sad. It's awful. Take us through your relationship with Gordon, the band, Jeremy. When did you first meet them, and uh, and how, wh- yeah. what kind of uh, you know what kind of interaction have you had with them throughout your your career? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, as a little kid, like a fourteen year old, just starting drums, like I liked that uh, the Tragically Hip I loved, and and I used to like play along with their records, and um, when I first started playing with OLP, and then doing got bigger and bigger there was kind of a, a, a two or three shows where we kind of played with the hip and then got to meet them and they were like such nice guys every single time i think we did a show with them out in halifax uh on the hill and it was spectacular and they're just kind of that kind of band that like they no matter who you are they would take you under their wing and treat you nice and and uh teach you kind of the ropes and answer any question you might have. And, uh, just the sweetest, the sweetest band. I really think they're the the quintessential Canadian band and probably the most important just because of the way that they, they feel about Canada. I mean, I think with, with Taggart and Torrens and our whole kind of Canadianity campaign, it's hard not to uh, look at the tragically hip as the first and foremost and most important of all those bands, just because they uh, not only were very popular here, but because they actually cared and lyrically wouldn't shy away from Canada. You know what I mean? Like, especially in the 80s and 90s, when everybody was kind of talking about America and UK, and they were always uh, very vocal about our own country. So, And something I mentioned on the Fox Sports Live podcast on Tuesday the reason that people, I believe, hold the tragically hip so close to them in Canada is because 
it seems every Canadian has a connection to them. Like uh, yeah. you might know someone that knows someone that's in the band, or or your yeah. uncle uh, ha- had a connection with them somehow. That's why I first think. Time, or the first time you got a, a finger blast, they were playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably more likely <laughs> than any of the you know be, knowing anyone in the band or anything. It's like they were the soundtrack to your <laughs> your upbringing, basically, right? And, and also, like the other thing, I think back to like the first time I heard like, uh, like, like little bones or anything, you know. And and it, the sound was so like it was like alternative. It was like indie rock sound, but they became so the the indie rock kids loved them. The alternative kids loved them. They were kind of an underground thing. Then they got more and more popular, and they're just one of those bands that that hey. everybody liked them. I'm sorry, I pressed hold on my cheek. Oh, did you? <laughs> oh, yeah. we heard something. Yeah, we heard, we heard, we heard something. Yeah, no, I, I was just saying uh, they were just so entwined with the culture and growing up here uh, in, as Canadians. It's just no other band had that kind of connection, I don't think. Jeremy, how, how are people going to uh, attend these concerts and how are they going to take it in without just the, the floor uh, and the arenas are just going to be covered in tears. I know. I, I really, I don't even know. I can't wait to go. They're playing two shows here in Toronto. Um, I, I'm definitely going to go, but um, it, it's, it's really uh, probably just the most emotional show I could think of. Because when is something like this really kind of happened? Maybe Warren Zevon, yeah. but it was an album and I don't know how many shows he did, but when this is the situation and he has terminal a terminal illness and um, there doesn't look to be much hope for him to pull through and they're going to do this kind of as a, a last tour. And I'm, I, I can't imagine how intense it's going to be. And how, but, but great at the same time, you know what I mean? The fact that, that, that he can do this. I hope they document it, which I'm, I'm yeah. sure they will. I'm sure they will, and they got a new record out and everything. Like yeah. that's the thing I was saying to Dan. It's yeah. it, it the, the, this was not in the plans. Obviously, you know they, they weren't planning on hanging it up anytime soon. They were no. still putting music out. They were yeah. they were going to tour behind it. So that's yeah. you know we just saw him. I was just saying it. You know we just got to see him this past fall down here in L.A. and they were as tight as I ever remember Always. them. Right. Yep. Yeah, no, and that's the thing that, that they. Uh, I would always figure that they would be playing shows for at least another twenty years. You know, there are kind of Rolling Stones, and look at them; it, they're not stopping anytime soon, right? No, exactly. Uh, Jeremy, give us your uh, your favorite hip song so people can uh, YouTube it after listening to the podcast. I'm a big Fully Completely fan. Mm-hmm. It's a great jam. Great. A little bit, a little bit of uh, intensity in that song. I'd love to play that song with uh, with that band. Uh, one of the other things you, you have to bring up with the Tragically Hip is, uh, remember when they made their Saturday Night Live appearance? I remember being at the bar yeah. at the Pig's Ear in Peterborough. They, they <laughs> shut the jukebox down, and yeah. everyone huddled into the corner mm-hmm. to watch them on this 12-inch screen because we were so proud. We're like, this is it. They're going to make it huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did Grace, too. That was the first song they did. And Courage, right? Yeah, yeah uh, that was the second song. They should have started with Courage. I always say that. They should have started with the faster tune because I think they confused the hell out of everybody <laughs> with so, Grace, it's too. So, it's so funny that everybody thought that like that was their Ed Sullivan moment, right? Was, yeah. uh, totally. They I were going to blow up, but it's basically it's just because Dan, Dan Ackroyd's like, ah, I love that tragically hip thing. I have the tragically hip thing. <laughs> That's right. He's like, Lauren, Lauren, trust me. you got to get, get these guys on. Lauren, Lauren, I know no one's heard of them down here, but let me let me tell you, once once they hear them on SNL, they're going to be huge, buddy. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. No, but yeah. that's that's the thing. Like Dan, like Dan remembers, I remember exactly where I was. I was uh, I was visiting a, a lady friend in at McGill University, and we all same thing. We're at a party. Everyone, the party stops. <laughs> Everyone gathers around the TV and watches this band on Saturday Night Live. Like it yeah. was, yeah, it was definitely a you know where you were at when that happened moment for Canadians for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, I think it's there's some classic Canadianity right there by Dan Aykroyd saying, "I want these guys to play," and yeah. actually calling it off. Like that's insane. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. Uh, Jeremy, we can't thank you enough uh, for coming on, and I can't wait to attend a hip concert with you this summer. That's right. We're doing it, boys. I can't <laughs> wait to see you guys. Thanks, Talk buddy. Again.
That is uh, Canadian rock legend Jeremy Taggart uh, joining us with his thoughts on Gord Downey, again, who was uh, diagnosed uh, with brain cancer, and he will be touring this summer with the Tragically Hip, and he is the Canadian Wall of Fame inductee this week. And we got that was suggested by Ben Wedham. Yeah, because the hip, the hip, 50 people tweeted us. The hip is already on it, but Gord needs his own spot. Yeah. Yeah, we've had the hip on. Almost from the beginning. This is a a jam-packed podcast. Uh, Coming up, our next guest is going to be Darren Dreger, Mm -hmm. uh, TSN Hockey Insider. He just Mm -hmm. got back from Russia at the World Hockey Championships. We want to get his thoughts on that. And Peter Schreger, our NFL Insider, is going to join us this week because uh, he was bang on in selecting the next host cities for the Super Bowls. So uh, we'll discuss that and and whatever the hell else uh, he wants to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Schreg's got a few things to talk about. It's iced coffee season, so he's excited about that. (laughs) And we also wanted to talk about Big City Ken. We want it because our American listeners, I don't think, have really got to the the roots of Big City Ken. Well, so Pat, but not right. We'll do that after Dreger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How about we have a little, or we just tease it for next week? Now, okay, we'll tease it. If we have time, if we have time. After, we have time. after dregs, okay. we'll do it. Okay. Yeah. We got a lot of things going on. We have so much to get to. Rich, sorry, you ha- you were saying. No, I was just going to mention the Big City Ken thing. Yeah. Pat showed me the Big City Ken video last week. And I was wait, wait, Rich, I don't know this Pat. Who is this Pat guy? This guy that apparently used to work on this podcast. Uh, you guys may have heard of him before. Not familiar with him. Hold down. He takes a lot of selfies. No, Mike. You're talking Mike, Mike Botticello. Botticello. Oh. Mike Botticello. Mike Botticello. I don't know of, of a Pat. I'm Mike not is a, dead. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone heard from Mike? Can Actually, we confirm he's alive or dead? Mike, Rich, I'm, I'm so glad Rich brought this up because I said to Ben the other day we were supposed to take Mike out to the rainbow, remember, on Sunset, and we haven't done that. He could very well be he, listening to this in tears rolling down his cheeks as we speak. Maybe we'll get drinks with him down the road. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. Wow. We absolutely will not. I said, we'll block off a spot. We'll go to Moe's, the cafeteria here on the Fox lot, yeah. 415 to 420. Perfect. Yeah, and then at 4:20, you know what happens. And we'll we'll get people to say, make sure you come get us at 4:20. Yeah, yeah. guys, we're yeah. meeting. We got yeah. a meeting, Mike. Well, how is yeah. he going to get on the lot? That's Ooh. a good question. <laughs> how would he get on the lot? We'd have to get him a drive-on pass uh, for the lot. And and our next guest now joins us, as we mentioned. Um, uh, no, we just got his machine. Oh. I'm going to try him again. Oh, in a oh okay. Here. I'll shoot him. I'll, I'll shoot him yeah. a note. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, he's just said call back. Oh, call back. Said call back. Okay. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Everyone was very concerned was, for a second. It was my, my fault. No, 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 no it wasn't your fault. Your fault. No, it absolutely was no, not good. your fault. Um, make sure you listen to the Fox Sports Live podcast from Wednesday this week because we had uh, Dodgers center fielder Jock Peterson on. He tells a great Barry Bonds story. He used to be the biggest Barry Bonds fan uh, until he went to Miami this year, asked Barry for a picture. Barry big leagued him. Yeah, big league Barry. <laughs> New nickname. He turned his back on him. Yeah. Uh, How can you turn your back on a guy who's in the majors? Not only that, uh, Jock Peterson grew up in the Bay Area during Bonds' heyday, idolized him, s- said that to him. Yeah, just turned his back. Didn't even Little answer him. sketch. Just, just turned his back on him. Yeah. Jock, what a nice guy. Brought some... Uh, some uh, sriracha bacon, bacon jerky. jerky. So good. Sriracha bacon jerky. Uh, it was delicious stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I, filled our mouth holes with that. Yeah, we. St- I stuffed it in your mouth, and you <laughs> stuffed it in mine. Uh, so we have we got Darren Dreger, our yes! TSN hockey insider, uh, fresh off his trip to Russia. Darren, you survived. I survived. <laughs> I did, but I'll tell you what. I, I don't know about you guys, but I... I was discombobulated when I got back. I was I was scheduled to do a Vancouver radio show yesterday with uh, Maddie Sakaris and Blake Price. It's a weekly show, obviously, uh, up here on TSN. And I could have sworn yesterday, being Tuesday, was actually Monday. Yes. So I missed the segment, and uh, <laughs> now I look bad. I feel shame. So, uh, so Darren, uh, Jay and I, we spent a month in Sochi Russia. Yes, you did. Uh, yeah. You spent it in a bigger city. So your take on Russia <laughs> and and what you liked, what you didn't like. Well, I'm a Western Canadian, so let's put that out there right now. <laughs> and so because of that, I had a Westernized view of what Russia was going to be like. Um, and and I suppose the good thing is that I spent the better part of three weeks, so two and a half weeks in Saint Petersburg, Russia, which is a beautiful city. Uh, you know, you know, lined with multiple uh, cathedrals. 
you guys will be happy. I was cleansed. I went to St. Uh, Isaac's. That was long uh, overdue. I know. It really was. I mean, it's, it's been 47-plus years. I mean, come on. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it was a, a great cultural experience, if you will. Uh, I spent some time on the subway, not as much as I did in Moscow. And then we had to make the shift over to the medal round at World Hockey Championship uh, to Moscow. And, and I thought that Moscow was going to be this cesspool. Like, just, you know... The, the billowing nuclear plant stacks and all of that kind of nonsense. And it was nicer than what I thought. But what, what I got from Moscow as opposed to St. Petersburg was a real Russian feel. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a couple of attempted shakedowns where you get in the taxi and, you know, it's supposed to be 700, 800 rubles. No, 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 no. It's, it's like 1,500 rubles. Well, I'm not paying you 1,500 rubles. <laughs> Well, then we're not letting your equipment out of the truck. Oh. Like that, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, anyway, but by and large, uh, it was incident free and all was well. That same kind of thing happened with us. We were, uh, Fox uh, made a whole bunch of beautiful. Uh, winter jackets for us to wear for our Sochi coverage, <laughs> and they they didn't arrive. And then we were told we could get them, but they would cost like fifteen thousand dollars. And then it, we were like, "Well, we'll get back to you." And then we got back to them. They're like, "Actually, now it's twenty five thousand dollars." Of course, yeah. It is. yeah. So yeah, I mean that's the economy in Russia works yeah. differently. You know, it's and, an and the people economy. and the people at the yeah. Molson house had their Molson Canadian confiscated. So someone was walking around drinking Molson Canadian and Fox jackets. Great. Well, I had another experience in St. Petersburg, which both of you guys uh, would appreciate. I don't know that you've experienced, and you know, I'm assuming this is somewhat of a family podcast. So yes, big if, time. If you did, you know, maybe you want to keep it to yourself. Uh, but you know, so you know, it, it wasn't the wee hours in the morning. It's like <laughs> ten o'clock at night or two in the morning. We're walking from the subway back to our hotel in St. Petersburg, and just mysteriously and somewhat miraculously. These women on horseback would appear. <laughs> Middle of St. Petersburg, in the city. You, yeah! <laughs> Very similar. You don't see the horses in the daytime, yet at nighttime, you know, the, the, the horse and these ladies of the night would appear. Topless? Topless drags? No, they no. weren't topless. It's okay. cold in St. Petersburg oh, this enough. time here. Uh, but it... it, it Look, I mean, there were several things you could do. Um, you could supply some rubles to help feed the animals. <laughs> yes, I like that. Very solid. Um, or you could supply several thousand rubles and participate in some extracurricular activities. I'm with coming, the baby. Wow, that is odd. <laughs> That seems like a odd. that seems like a lot of work to be like for, as a prostitute. It's a demanding enough job. <laughs> Wait to, to get a horse involved. I mean, yeah, and is the horse involved? I know. Oh, come on. See, I I preface this whole conversation with this is a family podcast. So there was two ways she was going to make money, either by being a lady of the night or pay money to feed the horse. That's right. That's right. Well. And I'm proud to say I, I, I did not partake in either. I, I did not you. give her rubles to feed her horse, <laughs> so I'm a bad person because I don't support feeding animals. No, uh, I, I think I think for you, I think for you, I think you, you you did it right, Dregs, because you really don't want there to be a gray area there. No, I, no, it can't be a gray area. There. Uh, Darren, no. uh, Canada won the World Hockey Championship. As as a hockey fan, would you recommend for people listening to the podcast if they want to do uh, a really special uh, sports road trip? Would you recommend going to the World Hockey Championships? Absolutely, without question. And next year, especially, gentlemen, uh, it's in Cologne, Germany, and Paris. France. Wow. So, uh, you know, you've got uh, you've got two destinations of choice there. Uh, Canada is going to be in the pool that is playing in Paris, wow. and uh, I think the Americans are playing in Cologne. So, either way, like I said, you can't go wrong. But you know what it is? It's uh, it's a more relaxed version of playoff hockey. You know, the preliminary round, especially. I mean. Uh, you know, for the American team, for the, the powerhouses, Canada, Finland, Russia, uh, the Czech Republic is really good this year. 
I mean, they kind of coast through that preliminary round, but that's great for the fans too because you know the the players are more relaxed. They're you know happy to talk with fans and whatnot, and then things intensify in the medal round, and you get a a higher level of hockey. But it's a great experience. I I've been there now back to back years. Last year in Prague, this year in Russia, and I I loved it. Um, Dregs, uh, the Austin Matthews. Uh phenomena and then and then patrick is it lina am i saying that right lina lion a lion a so yeah. so this is interesting because the two of them sort of increase their would you say they both increase their draft yeah. stock i don't know how you can if you're already one two but lion yeah. a is sort of is he inching closer to matthews even more after this finland performance of the world hockey well yeah inching is the right word because you know, I wouldn't say there was a considerable gap, but there was a gap, and, and a lot of that has to do with the position that these guys play. Austin Matthews is a centerman. You know, he played in Zurich. He played against men. He played in the professional league and, and was outstanding in his first year of pro hockey. And, you know, that caught the eye of many NHL scouts and NHL general managers. Uh, but, again, primarily as a center, you know, that's always a foundational piece that teams look for. So he still has the edge. But Patrick Lyon, you know... Man, has he had a great year, a, like a fabulous year. And, and to me, that's the bigger story. It's, it's not that, you know, he closed the gap on Austin Matthews. There's still a bit of a gap there. But, it, you know, this guy didn't come out of nowhere, but he made considerable strides. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi was believed to be the better of the two Finns at the beginning of this season. That's not the case anymore. Uh, what you're going to see in Patrick Lyon when he breaks into the National Hockey League is a big guy. You can absolutely powder the puck. He's Ovechkin-like in terms of how he shoots it uh, from that left circle or the half wall. Unbelievably accurate. You know, he's, he's a big guy, 6'3". You know, when he gets 20 pounds, adds 20 pounds of muscle on him uh, in NHL programming, he's going to be a horse. But he's a winger, and uh, he can be dynamic. I just don't think that he's got the complete package like Matthews has. Uh, speaking of Matthews, how is he going to survive that fishbowl in Toronto? Because he is going to come in there and people are going to say, our Messiah yeah. has arrived. Yeah, it's it's not going to be easy, Dan. There's no question about that. You know, I think Babcock is, is a good fit for Austin Matthews because, you know, he will take the majority of that heat. Um, Lou Lamarillo is shocking that he would be protective of players and uh, enforce rules and regulations, I know. Uh, but he, yeah, he will do that as well. I, I I'd be real surprised if uh, they fed Austin Matthews to the media post game, or you know, if they do it post game only on occasion. Uh, from a playing perspective, I, I think that that's why the Toronto Maple Leafs, unless they're blown out of the water with an offer for Nathan Kadri, they're going to use Nathan Kadri to hide Austin Matthews and protect him a little bit. So Kadri will do most of that heavy lifting as. Uh, top line center for the Maple Leafs, at least for part of the season, and, and see how Matthews develops. And, you know, if he develops more quickly than what Babcock is expecting, then maybe he ascends to the throne of uh, top line center for the Leafs in his rookie year. I, I, that, that might be a bit of a stretch and too much to ask, but he's a pretty grounded young man. And don't forget, don't forget, this is key. He is represented by who, Jay? Mr. Pat Brisson of CAA. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> and uh, these guys do an excellent job of making sure that, uh, you know, these prolific or potentially prolific young players are well-educated and to some degree even programmed on what to expect. So he's going to go through uh, a fair bit of, uh, you know, educational work, I would say, on the Toronto market this year or after the draft. Dregs, is Connor McDavid the captain of the Edmonton Oilers when the puck drops on the 2016-2017 season? I think he's ready to be. I I don't know that the organization feels that he is, and that's probably more important than, you know, the declaration that I just made. I, I, again, I spent a fair bit of time around Connor McDavid, you know, uh, in Russia at the Worlds, and I uh, invited him to the Dreger Cafe. I don't know if you guys uh, had the opportunity to log on and, and check it out. He, he was one of my guests at the Dreger Cafe. Cafe. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I asked him that question about whether or not he felt he was ready. And, and he said, very maturely, I would add, for a 19-year-old, well, that's up to my teammates to decide whether or not they feel that I'm ready. I, You know, he said uh, that he feels like he's ready. 
Why uh, not? Brand new rink. I mean, Come Greg's on. the I thing know. that the thing that I really know. stuck out to me was at the end of this of another disappointing season in Edmonton. Taylor Hall coming out and saying, uh, yeah. "Well, he basically was the leader in the dressing room, like yeah. you know, a quarter way through the season." And if Taylor Hall saying that, the guy that a lot of people thought should have been the yeah. captain up to this point, that's pretty amazing. At that point, you probably should just make Connor the captain. Yeah, and and you know what? I I threw that quote at McDavid as part of that discussion at the Dreger Cafe. And, uh, <laughs> and, no, he acknowledged it, but again, the, the only thing that, that would worry me a little bit, um, and it's not that he's immature, it's that he's so concerned, McDavid, that is, of, of what the perception of him is, and not in a, in a cocky or a lack of confidence way. It's that he does not want the spotlight. He wants to be the best player he can be individually, but he wants to, to impact his team. And he does not want anything he does individually to overshadow uh, the, the team environment. Like, I mean, you, you try and ask questions of Connor McDavid after games, you know, and, and you know, after the gold medal game is a classic example. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he scored one goal in the tournament, and it, it turned out to be the gold medal clinching goal for Team Canada. He didn't want to talk about that at all. He wanted to acknowledge, you know, everyone else's contribution and whatnot. So that might speak to a quality that is the essence of a captain. But, you know, what? you also have to roll the punches from time to time and, and read certain situations and, you know, accept acknowledgement and praise when, uh, when it's thrown at you and it's earned. Dregs, we can't thank you enough for coming on. And Dos uh, uh, Ha. <laughs> Can I hear the horse one more time? Oh, you're done. Right. <laughs> there it is. Always a pleasure. Guys. Thank <laughs> Thanks, Dregs. That is uh, TSN Hockey Insider Darren Dreger, one of the best in the biz. Uh, well, one, two, him and Bobby. You can flip-flop, right? Him, Bobby, Mr. LeBron. I mean, TSN, they've got it all. Uh, follow him on Twitter, at Darren Dreger. Also, uh, follow uh, Jeremy Taggart on Twitter, at Taggart7. I love a little hockey, a little puck talk. Yeah, yeah, that was great. We get combo. deep into it. I feel like I'm I, learning so much. Yeah, right. I've yeah. heard that about the World Hockey Championship, where it's it's a blast. Think about that next year, though. All the Canadian games are in Paris. Uh, the American games in Cologne, Germany. That's an easy trip. You could train. train. You could hop on the train, get loaded, and just go for it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Trains don't have. Let, let's horns. quickly before we call up Shregs, let's go back to what Rich was saying about. So you, so Pat showed you the Big City Ken. You did clip, and what was I, your impression? I had heard the legend of Big City Ken, but I didn't know who. You don't know the full story. I don't know the full story. So we're going to explain that next week. So next week, I think we're going to take a deeper dive uh, into the Big City Ken. Story. My name's Ken. They know who I am. Yeah, we're going back into that because I think enough of our newer listeners probably don't know that story either, and. And to be honest, even the ones who, who who have been listening since the beginning will not have a problem revisiting Big Cine Ken. No, I can't wait. Uh, so uh, we'll do that next week. Make sure you you pick up your Casper mattress as we dial up uh, Peter. <laughs> no, we need Dan. You're great at reading these. Speak, you know speaking. We need, no, it's, we need no, like no a hotline sponsor. Like we're calling them on the the yeah. Casper mattress hotline. Rich, that's a good idea. That's a very good idea. Yeah. We can start sponsoring things around the room. Yeah. yeah the, the what else is room can we sponsor? Let's sponsor, uh, let's sponsor Six Degrees with Engineer Jim. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. It, since there's heat involved, Six Degrees by Napoleon Grills. Oh, my how, about, how about Degree, degree Antiperspirant? Yeah. Right? There we go. Wow. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or get the Yum Yums on board. Yeah, the Yum Yum Boys. Yeah. yeah. Hey, KFC. Yeah, KFC. You want some Yum Yum Boys? You come listen to the Jay and Dan podcast. Yeah, fill your chicken bowl. Why not, eh? Do they have uh, KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut combinations out here? Yeah. At, uh, like, uh, there's like one rest a, stops. There's one in Irvine, too. There's a Taco Bell Pizza Hut combo. Combo. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's like By the Stoner Heaven. Yeah, yeah, that really is Stoner is. Heaven. It's also LMFAO's first song, the combination Pizza Hut Taco Bell. Really? Dance, it's a dance track, yeah. Oh, I wow. didn't know that. Dropping knowledge. A little LMFAO Do you have it? history knowledge. I'll pull it up. We can't, we can't play, play that. We can't play that. We, we can't, can't play, play that. that. <laughs> Sing it. Yeah. Sing it, Ian. I'll pull it up. We can't play that. Uh, LMFAO. Are they back together? No. Uh, Red Foo does a lot of DJing in Vegas. <laughs> Red Foo. Who doesn't DJ in Vegas? Red, what are you doing now? What are you up to? I do quite a bit of DJing in Vegas. That's what you should say. The last time I was there, when I was back of a taxi cab, and the 
Dre's on top was going through their list of DJs for the week. I'm like, these are made up people. It was like DJ Laundromat, DJ Towelboy, DJ Scoop and Spice. Daniel Tool just- here. Next like week, it. real or fake? I'm DJs. Act- I'm actually a big DJ Scoop and Spice guy. <laughs> big fan Scoops of DJ and Scoops and Snaps. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Scoops and Snaps. Uh, Peter Schrager, if you were a uh, DJ, what would your DJ name be? Oh, nice. Uh... Ah, how about how about DJ Rocksteady? How about that one? Oh, that's like that's too good. Yeah, it should that's... be like DJ Iced Coffee or something. Oh, I like that. How about DJ Unsweetened? I like my unsweetened <laughs> iced teas. No, or DJ Icy because iced coffee just short for Icy. I like that. Okay, although there is an iced tea, which makes that a little confusing. Oh, okay. DJ Tahava. <laughs> DJ Tahava. Uh, Peter, you're big on the EDM train, right? Yeah, I love it. I, you know, I bathe to Tiesto every night. <laughs> Just some candles, maybe a nice, unsweet, nice tea on the side on, of the tub. The truth of the matter is, this is actually funny. Like, I, I don't really know any of the, the music of the scene. And I was in Vegas, I guess, a couple weeks ago with friends, and my friend says, we're going to a club, Club Omnia, like spot. we pay a ludicrous amount of money for a table. We have the table, there's everything going on. And they're like, oh, Calvin Harris is performing. And I was being pretty... Pretty, I had a lot of snark. I'm like, oh, he's performing? That means he's pressing play on his iPod? <laughs> sure enough, this guy gets out there, and it was an ex- I mean, these guys are awesome. It was an experience. Like, he knew how to play the crowd. There seemed to be a lot of skill in it. So I can't knock it. I thought it was pretty impressive. Calvin Harris, count me a fan. What Was T-Swizzle there? Was Taylor Swift, his lady friend there? She was not. Is, are they dating? That's an item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been dating for quite a while. Though I believe he was caught outside a massage parlor at one point. He was probably just <laughs> walking to the store next door. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just Maybe because you're walking in front of the massage parlor uh, doesn't mean you're walking into we it. We should clarify exactly. who we're talking to. We're talking to our NFL insider, Peter Schreger. Um, Peter, you nailed it on Colin Coward's show the other day. Uh, before the announcement of the Super Bowl cities, the new host cities, you nailed everyone on the nose. Yeah, I wasn't pulling things out of my, my, my ass on that. I mean, there's, there's knowledge that goes into it. And Atlanta built a brand-new stadium, uh, or they're in the process of finishing it up and putting it all together, but they got the okay to build it. It's going to be insane. You guys have seen a lot of the renderings, so they got the first one. And South Florida, which is the Dolphin Stadium, they put $400 million of renovations into it, so they jazzed that up. They got that one. And then LA got 2021. But the lesson being, if you put money into these stadiums and renovate them, if you build them, you'll get Super Bowls. That's why there's one coming up in Minnesota. I mean, not exactly destination in February, but they put money into the stadium. The NFL rewards you. They want new stadiums. This is kind of a carrot to kind of build in all that. You get the new stadium. If you put, if you build a new stadium, you get a Super Bowl. It's a nice little thing for the city. Hey, you know who's getting a new stadium? Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, yeah. Pete, the Riders are getting a beautiful new stadium, Super Bowl in Regina. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Guys, I was having uh, dinner the other night in New York City and the table next to me, we're in from Edmonton. I didn't even name drop you because it's, it's this scary moment where you name drop Jay and Dan and the guy looks at you blankly. Like, I don't want to go through that. But, but, but I did hear them talking and they were Edmonton people. And I said, wow, okay, I guess we're letting anybody in there. <laughs> were you, what, 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 were you at a fancy resto? Did no, they, were no, they Edmonton no. I was, at, I, was at, I was at what I would call a top-tier chain, uh, Rosa Mexicana. It's a Mexican place that you'll find in many cities. We have uh, one here in L.A., right down by L.A. Go. Live, yeah. There you go. You know I like my chain restaurants. Even if they're at the high end of chain restaurants, yeah. even if they sell $11 guacamole, that's where I'm at. Yeah, even if the spinach and artichoke dip uh, has been made from the tears of baby angels, as long oh, as Oh, so you've been to Houston. You've yeah, been to Houston. big time. <laughs> big time. I love Houston. Hey, Peter, on uh, Wednesday, you were uh, going back and forth with some people, and you implied that if you had a, a CFL insider, you might do a CFL podcast because your podcast is, is one that uh, NFL people listen to religiously. Were you joking? Are you going to make this happen? I'm dead serious. Uh, we're in the, we're after these OTAs. So the OTAs are voluntary practices. They're going on this week in the NFL. After these are done, we're in the absolute dead time of the NFL from about Memorial Day to late June, there is nothing. There's no new news. No one's getting traded. There's nothing. Last year, Deflategate kept us afloat. I mean, thank you for that Deflategate NFL. We had something to talk about. Now there's nothing. So I got a tweet from one of your listeners saying, hey, how about a, college, how about a Canadian Football League podcast? I don't know about the Canadian Football <laughs> League. So I need, I need an expert. I put it out there on Twitter, and I got a lot of names. 
You named one, Dan. I'm going to have to follow up with this Gary guy. Lawless. Just follow me. Gary so tell Lawless. Tell me about Gary Lawless. Tell me, because I don't know who that is. Well, so Gary, is and so Gary is a, a very well-known newspaper writer. He's been writing for the Winnipeg Free Press for years and years, and he does work on air for TSN. Well, now he's TSN fully. Exactly. Is he TSN yep. full-time? So, so Gary has been writing about the CFL and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for a long time. Very well-connected. And has his own drive time radio show. So with Shreg, Hustler and Lawless. Yeah, I think I think all in all, just a good a good choice. And Shreggs, we're serious. Like you picking the brain of a CFL insider about the ins and outs of the league. That is a listenable podcast that people I would will love flock to hear. To. It. You know, it's funny because I, I like to have guys who have fun, and the guy you guys have on on often who writes books. I'm going blank here. You've had him on a few times. The hockey guy uh, who played golf at the Masters. Oh, the James, yeah, Duffy. James Duffy. Yeah. He's great. He's funny. He's got stories. That's what I want. If this guy is just news and notes, X's and O's, I don't need him. I want a guy who I can have some fun with, talk Canada, have a little life. So if that's your suggestion, guys, I'll have him on the podcast next week. Whoa! And we'll do a full, we'll do a full Canadian football league, NFL or Canadian football Season preview. He'll give me the ten teams or the twelve teams, whatever the heck you have. Yeah, there's only nine tricks. Whatever it is. I don't know. Oh, I'm actually excited. Tricks. For this. I am this fired is... up for this. I'm so fired up. I can't wait. We'll do it. And at the end, we'll bring in Taggart. We'll talk a little bit about music. We'll do a whole thing. It won't be anything like your podcast at all, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that. That's going to be amazing, Shrek. Hey, uh, quick, very quickly, Shrek. Uh, this yeah. is going to. I'm totally taking it into a news direction. But I have to do this because I really wanted to ask you about this. This Tom Brady bullshit. Sure. Like, like, is, at, at what point does he just drop it? Or does he just never. drop it? Never. never. It's his legacy. Never. He's never dropping it. Well, it's a few things, Jay. It's his legacy. But also beyond that, uh, the NFLPA, this, this is their golden goose. This is the players' union. The NFL's been bullying them around for the last decade. And since the 2011 CBA, they really got 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 – Let's just say the NFL owners have a lot of control here. And sure enough, this is their one opportunity where they star player, not the star player. So they're going to use Brady as the face of their fight, their right. struggle. So this one goes beyond just the player. To them, this is a precedent. It, if, if they can get Brady as opposed to some backup guard and be defending his case, it, it's a big deal. But Brady will never give this up. The NFL will never give this up. In fact, I don't know if you guys know this, they hired a guy named Ted Olson, who I believe was the solicitor general under George W. Bush, He's, he's challenged all sorts of Supreme Court cases. In fact, this is the guy that Apple, I guess, employed uh, when the U.S. government wanted to go into looking at the phones, I believe, wow. with the uh, San yeah. Bernardino. Yeah. This is the guy that they use. So Brady and his team just hired this guy to work for it. In the case that this wow. goes to Supreme Court, they're going to fight it. Now, Jay, why, why you're saying it's all garbage, it's annoying, we'll talk about it. What's interesting to me, and I asked the question to a legal expert, Who's paying for this? Is it tax dollars? Because if it's U.S. taxpayers now paying for another year of this, oh that's God. frustrating. And the truth of the matter is, if it goes all the way up on these courts, yeah, it is. It's the U.S. taxpayers who are paying for all this. Wow. That is insane. That is insane. That is baffling. Yeah, it's baffling. But, I don't, you know, this is what it is. And you have that right to go to the Supreme Court for whatever case. And the fact that it was appealed and they won last year gives it even more credence um, but it's amazing. I mean, the lawyers and all the legal stuff, that'll be paid for by Brady and the PA. But when you have judges and you have a court, I mean, who's paying for that? That's actually all being paid for. All over balls. Yeah, it's all over balls. There you go. There oh, it is. Peter Schrager. Uh, can't wait for you to drop that CFL podcast. Uh, but you, Shrake, you just did just one more plug for you on the Peter Schrager podcast. Can you yeah. tell us who you have on this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just finished it, and it was awesome. An hour with a guy who doesn't do a lot of media, it's general manager Howie Roseman from the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Uh, it's on the Peter Schrager podcast. He doesn't do much. It ended ugly with him and Chip Kelly. He goes into it quite a bit. Um, really fascinating. I think you'll appreciate this, Jay. He was kind of pushed out by Chip Kelly last year in 2015 or 2014, 2015. Chip Kelly said, I'm going to do all your job. You go to the other side of the room and don't talk to me. And he spent the year sitting with general managers from the NBA, from Premier League, from the NHL, and picking their brains on their best practices. And now he's going to finally back in the saddle. He's going to use all that. But I, I think it's interesting. If you have a year away from your job, like what would you do? How would you use it? And he did that. He went and tried to learn from others. I thought that was pretty interesting. And now he has his boy Carson. Your boy. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I can't if, wait. If I had a year away from my job, I'd be dead. 
<laughs> I would. Hey, I was going to tell you guys, I, I went into a little wormhole on music, and uh, I got into Guns N' Roses because Jim's always talking about it. I got to tell you, I put on Use Your Illusion 1 and Use Your Illusion 2. I sat down. That brought back such memories oh, of where yeah. exactly I was when I was listening to that stuff. And I put it on YouTube. And I would like for, I'll, I'll do this whole, this is what I say on Francesca. I'll hang up and listen, but I'd love to hear <laughs> the, the quality of the videos. Let's talk about oh, November money Rain spent. having having a dolly, <laughs> having a jib, having rain come down. Jim, I got to know, like, that November Rain video, and, and does did they pay, did MTV pay them for, like, how does that all go down? How do they have the money, and I guess, they're really rolling the dice on how important they thought they were, knowing that, hey, it doesn't matter how much we're spending, we'll make it all back in the end. Right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it was the the era of big, like, over-the-top music videos. So, no, the band spent that money, and it was a way to promote themselves, obviously, to everybody. Because yeah. that's where people were finding the music back then was really on MTV, not so much radio, although rock radio was still strong. Yeah. And so they, they went for it. It and, was and crazy. Like, like for like the November Rain video is extravagant, but that estranged video where oh, they did the whole awesome. episode yeah. of, of behind the music yeah. on all the money they spent on that video with the dolphin. Yeah, on yeah. The, the dolphin <laughs> in a truck on yeah. sunset. Yeah, it's crazy. And, I'm watching, in, the, in the tanker and. I'm watching November Rain, and, and there's Ricky Rackman showing up in the video. That's right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same so, time. Stephanie. Same time. I, read so, uh, it, I read somewhere that stuff. MTV is going back to videos now. Like, they're changing their yes. entire thing now. Yeah. I don't know how true that is. Well, maybe. So maybe yeah. a FS1 will go back to highlights. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was so crazy doing Hold on, Jim. Stuff. Wait, Jim. Hold on. I'm still laughing at that last one. Aha. <laughs> uh -huh, very funny. <laughs> Peter, we thank you for coming on, buddy. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. That's Love Peter Schrager. Schrager. Uh, make sure you listen to his podcast. He tweets them out from his Twitter account as well, at P Schrags, P-S-C-H-R-A-G-S. -S. Do we have time for a quick uh, Six Degrees of Engineer, Jim? I'd love to do a quick because Six Degrees. Because I, I've, uh, I've rediscovered, again, he's my favorite Beatle, but I don't think we've ever done George Harrison. Oh, so if yeah, you've never heard awesome. Six Degrees of Engineer, Jim, we uh, we see his correlation, our award-winning engineer, Engineer Jim, to see if he has a connection. This is, of course, brought artist. to you by Degree Antiperspirant. That's right. Hence the degree. <laughs> so George Harrison, I just discovered his song Dark Horse. It's now my yeah, new favorite yeah. George Harrison song. Do you have a connection to the late, great George Harrison? Yes. Yes. Oh! oh! I did not expect yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, I, I talk about my buddy Hoover all the time. You yep. Know. Uh, he um, he used to tour manage and uh, do live sound for George Harrison's son, Danny Harrison. And uh, Danny's a phenomenal musician. And if you guys ever get a chance, they played it um, uh, uh, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, when... Uh, I guess Prince got inducted, mm. and he played uh, at the end, they, and they inducted George Harrison. This was from a few, I don't know how many years ago, but they played it. If you see the current Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, when they roll the credits at the end, uh, they, pl uh, they play a song, and Danny's there playing with Tom Petty and Jeff Lynne, and it's basically Petty's band. And uh, it's like the Wilburys with uh, with it, Danny doing the with, Harrison with part. Danny and uh, Prince plays the guitar solo. Wow! And it is unbelievable. Uh, it's so cool. it's awesome. Yeah. So, anyways, my connection to George is is through his son Danny, through my buddy Hoover, who who's worked with him for years. The Quiet Beetle. Yeah. The Quiet Beetle. Yeah, and it's funny, Danny would rehearse at the same place where Guns rehearse. What? Yeah. That Dark Horse song, the original, he had like a raspy voice because he was trying to get the, the album done before he went on tour. And the, his, his voice in that song lends perfectly to the song. Yeah, they, just, it's yeah. funny because I've read things about that song where some people think if his voice had been like 100% perfect, that the song would have been more popular. But then other people feel like Dan does, that it was right. that it just was like kind of chance, you know, that it worked out great. Now, I have one other connection to him. Okay. Uh, when I worked at the record plant, 
uh, I would do a lot of remotes. The very first remote that the record plant did was George Harrison's concert for Bangladesh. Wow. So uh, when I started working there, um, they put me on remotes right away, and I actually worked in the truck that they used. No for, way. Yeah. Pretty what? cool. Still waiting for my book from Amazon. I ordered the George Harrison book. They said, yeah, it's out of stock. That was a year ago. Why don't you go to Barnes & Noble's? Again, I'm just waiting Bons, for that book. Barnes & Noble's. Thanks a lot, Amazon. That's what we called it. Everyone made fun <laughs> of us when we moved down here. We called it Barnes & Noble's. Like, it's just Barnes & Noble. Um, what a podcast. Wow, we, unbelievable. Crammed, we crammed a lot in. Thanks to Darren Dreger, Peter Schreger, Jeremy Taggart, Engineer Jim, Ben, Ian. Rich. Rich is, do you have a Twitter? Yes. What's your Twitter? Rich underscore cook. Rich underscore cook. Cook with an E. With an E. With an E on the Yes. There we go. Can we now include that on there? Absolutely. Thanks, Um, Ben. Uh, Ben. Making me feel part of the team. (laughs) Ben's email or Twitter is Ben Teller. It's just all one word. And then Ian is I-B Martin. I-B-M-A-R-T-I-N. If Ian you have was on any, the drops this week. If you have any uh, thoughts uh, about the podcast, uh, suggestions, anything, yeah, at Jay and Dan, uh, send it to us. Let us know what you think, and uh, let us know how you're liking things. We I'll really, make Jay and Dan happy. It really will. We, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. And make listening. sure you order up your Casper mattress. Casper.com slash JD. Uh, free shipping, USA, Canada. He is sleeping on 100 nights for his free. I'm going to sleep on mine for 99 nights, and then I'm going to call them. I'm going to be like, I want to return it. And then they'll be like, really? I'll be like, no, it's incredible. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, okay, that's uh, it's a podcast. Boom. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. So long. My time here is up. <laughs> <laughs>